Well, if you have a Bible, um, please go ahead and turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 18. Revelation chapter 18. We closed out last week uh, talking about the voice that comes from heaven uh, with the angel that cries aloud. And so now we will pick up with the mourning of all of the earth over the fall of this great mystery city known as Babylon. This great city, this great mystery um, that has um, that that we will read of, but uh, we are going to read uh, the entire uh, entire chapter eighteen uh, again, just to remind us to put us into um, our uh, <clears throat> excuse me our uh, uh, remembrance of of whatsoever we have uh, or what we've already covered, but also to help us to to get to where we where we uh, where the text we're going to deal with tonight. So. Um, if you're physically able to do so, would you please stand with me as we honor the reading of God's holy and written word, Revelation chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. And I pray we would hear the word of the Lord tonight as this is what his word says to us. And these things I saw another, and after these things I saw another angel and come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hateful bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies." And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers <clears throat> of her sins, that you, not, that you receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God, and God has remembered her iniquities. Uh, reward her, even as she rewarded you, and double to her, double according to her works in the cup which she has filled to, filled, filled to her double. And how much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously, um, she, so, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she says in her heart, I sit a queen, and, a, and I am not a widow, and shall, no, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously or, or sensuously with her. Uh, shall bewail her and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning, and standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is your judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buys their merchandise any more. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and uh, thine wood, and all manner of vessels of ivory, and all manner of vessels of most precious wood, and of brass, and iron, and marble, and cinnamon, and odors, and ornaments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and souls of men. And the fruits that your, that your soul lusted after are departed from you, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from you, and you shall find them no more at all. And the merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, for one hour so great riches has come to nothing. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many... <coughs> 
as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like to this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, you heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. The mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians, of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in you. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in you. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in you. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in you. And the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more at all in you. For your merchants were the great men of earth, for by your sorceries were all the nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints, and all that were slain upon the earth. Let's pray. Father, this is your word that you have given to us. May you now help us and guide us, direct us as we take up your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. So, as I've said uh, many times before, uh, I'll just remind us that uh, the previous chapters leading up to chapter 18 and chapter 19 are all about the, um, the showing, uh, uh, the, the contrasting of the two women. Um, the, the, uh, <clears throat> the woman known as uh, um, the, uh, the great prostitute, um, and ultimately that city, that great city Babylon, and then as we'll see here in just a few minutes, or in just, uh, um, I'm sorry, in the, next, in the next week or so, as we get into Revelation 19 with the marriage supper of the Lamb and the coming of, of the bride that's adorned for her husband, we see Christ being glorified and, and contrasting the fate of the wicked woman with the fate of th- this, the, the religions of the world versus um, the people of God. And so we'll, we'll see, we'll, we will continue to see that as we, as we march through the end, the last few chapters of the book of Revelation together, how God contrasts the fate of those who put their trust in themselves versus the fate of those who put their trust in in him. But we come to chapter 18, as I've already said, in the last, last week we covered the, the first eight verses, and we talked about the angels and how God has, uh, has shown forth his, his great um, power and the judgment of this great city Babylon, this, this, uh, this place that has lived sensuously and rebelliously against him. Again, as we think through this, God is not uh, God is is uh, has not abdicated His sovereign rule. God has not abdicated His His uh, His power. Uh, they simply are in rebellion against Him and His power at this point. But God is is has 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 uh, judged them and brought them uh, brought them down and has caused them to um, has caused them to face the reality that they're not gods. They're not gods, they're not superhumans, they are nothing before him. And he humbles them and he judges them for their great wickedness and their great sin. So we pick it up in chapter 18 in verses 9 through 20. 
And we see here um, the, the different, the varying groups of people that are mourning the fall of this, this great city, this place that, um, uh, that, that was admired by all. And so we'll see a couple of different things. Uh, first, let's look at uh, the first group that is mourning her. And that is simply the kings of the earth, the nations come, the rulers of the nations come and they mourn over her. Uh, they weep over her. As a matter of fact, the text tells us that these are these these nations that have assembled um, around this this great uh, this great prostitute this uh, the 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 prostitute of the beast uh, uh, this 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 uh, antichrist type of beast that has 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 uh, worked uh, his false religion throughout the the nations. Um, uh, the, the reality becomes that God ultimately uh, casts uh, her down and, and, and causes the nations to see her for what she is, a fraud, a fake, and unable to offer any salvation whatsoever. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, they, 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 have, they have gotten rich and they have gotten, uh, they have gotten wealthy because of her influence uh, upon the, the nations. She, is, she has gotten uh, great wealth. And, and again, I, I, I think that as we think back here, we, we have to, John is pulling us to understand that, that this is in direct, um, in, in, in direct uh, uh, context. This is, this is a reference to the empire of Rome and to the, to the Roman empire and to the, to, the, to, the, uh, to the ultimate God's promise of ultimate judgment against the Roman Empire uh, and against, against those all nations who ultimately rebel against the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's, it's in this context then that we see that, <clears throat> that these kings uh, who have, who have <clears throat> and, 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 and you, you, every nation has them, but, but these kings are, are a lot like um, the, the politicians who um, they, 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 uh, they wait for the right moment and then they cozy up with the right people, right, that are in power. And they, they'll, they'll get up uh, and, and they'll cozy up with just the, the right group that's going to become in power next. And, and, and this is a lot, this, this is the example of what we're given here is that these, these, these people, these nations are, are a lot like those politicians. They, they see how things are going, you know, they see the ways of, of, of popular opinion and, and they cozy up with, with that, next, uh, that next person who's going to be in power. They think, oh, you know, it's so great. You know, so, it's almost like the, it's almost like 1984, um, you know, where it says, you know, that we were at war or that they were at war with Eurasia and therefore they had always been at war with Eurasia and they were constantly changing. And that's the way, that's the way a lot of times that uh, the, the, this is, I think, the, the right way to see this is that these kings had cozied up to, to this great mystery city Babylon because she was powerful and she was, she was strong and she she cast such a dramatic influence over the nations that they they said oh well here we go it's a great opportunity for us so let's just cozy up to this this great city uh this this great mystery um babylon the the great right and let's 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 get what we can get and so and 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 god says that they got a lot uh, they they got they received a lot maybe that's a better way of saying that they received a lot they received a lot. They became they became wealthy. They became powerful. They were able to they were able to uh, to get into the the good graces of the empire, and they were able then to exercise all sorts of authority and power over over other parts of the over other parts of the nations and over other nations. 
But now she has been judged, and now they, their power is gone, their wealth is gone, their, pol their political aspirations are now gone. Everything has been taken away from them by the destruction of this, this head of, of, the, of the nations here, um, Babylon, the, Babylon the Great. And, you know, John here, is, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, John here is really is pulling from, um, from the Old Testament as he, as he is describing this, or the Lord Jesus is giving to John um, Old Testament imagery here, particularly from the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel um, is, is, um, speaks of the downfall of Babylon, and, 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 and here, here again, the Lord Jesus is employing imagery of the downfall of that great empire, Babylon, and applying it again to a, to a, to a separate, um, to a separate uh, political and, and spiritual power. And, and God is, God is, uh, you know, the, the old saying, uh, I think, I think, I think it was, uh, I, well, I don't remember who said it, but I think it may have been, uh, um, uh, anyways, uh, I don't remember, but, but it was, a, it was an author and, and he said that, uh, history doesn't repeat, but it certainly rhymes. Um, and so, uh, uh, history doesn't repeat, but it certainly rhymes. And this is the reality here is that, that this, this great empire has resembled Babylon in that sense. And that she has, she has grown wealthy and she has grown, um, big and, uh, she has, she has, uh, she has certainly not, didn't learn the lesson from the empire of Babylon, uh, that, uh, Ezekiel prophesies against and, and ultimately is destroyed by the Medo-Persian empire. And here again, we're, 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 again, history is rhyming because she hasn't learned from their downfall. She hasn't learned from that God is not going to be rivaled in his power. God is not going to be rivaled in his authority. God is not, God is not going to give way for someone else to be worshipped when he alone has every right. And he alone reserves the right to be worshipped uh, <clears throat> by the nations. And these, these, these nations have, have committed great fornication. They have rebelled against God. And it says, what, what does it say about them? It says that they weep and they lament because they see the smoke of her burning. But is it because they, <clears throat> is it for her that they are weeping, lamenting? No, it's actually because they realize that their aspirations are up in smoke with, with her destruction. They realize, and so, so again, they're uh, um, opportunists, if you will. The, these kings of the nations are opportunists. When they see an opportunity, they, they align with, it, with, with, uh, uh, with, a, with a nation, and they, they just go with it. And um, then they have complete deniability when, when things don't work out, or when things work out the way that they were hoping they were, and then they can cozy up. And um, it's just it's, it's, an, it's an interesting uh, game of intrigue that these nations play. Uh, these, these nations are playing a, a great game of intrigue. And listen to their lament. Listen, listen to what they say about her. They say, alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city. Why would they be in such fear? Besides the fact that their political aspirations are gone. Well, I would also submit to you that they realize that if God would judge such a mighty and great and powerful empire and city such as this mystery Babylon, that ultimately God himself will judge them. And if Babylon does not have the power to stand against and resist the Lord, they most certainly do not. And so they're, they're lamenting and their fear and their weeping 
right, isn't just so much their, her destruction or their aspirations that have gone up, to, gone up in smoke with her, but even more so of what they know is coming for them. That is that the Lord is coming for them as well. He starts with Mystery Babylon, but he certainly will not leave Mystery Babylon to be the only one who is destroyed. He is coming for them. He is coming to exercise his authority and his power over all the nations, and they know it, and they tremble in fear because of what is coming. And it is amazing. God is very clear. God does not pull any punches when it comes to exercising judgment upon the nation, upon, upon Mystery Babylon here, does he? Matter of fact, it's a quick, very fast. Matter of fact, the Bible says in one hour, in one hour of time, God ultimately pours out his judgment and obliterates this great city. It's amazing. It is amazing. And how quickly God's judgment comes. When it finally does come, when God finally unleashes his power, when God finally unleashes his authority, when God finally unleashes his judgment against sin, God's judgment comes quickly. God's judgment comes very quickly. But the mighty kingdom of Babylon or the mighty empire of Rome cannot stand against Almighty God. What are the nations to do? And it's still true today. I mean, the, the, the nations of the world still try to take their, they still try to take their, their place and, and try to resist and seek to, to shake off the authority of Christ and, and seek to break his bonds asunder, as Psalm chapter 2 says. And yet, what are we told over and over and over and over and over throughout Scripture God does when the nations do this? He does the exact same thing over and over and over again. Psalm 2 tells us, and the Lord laughs. The Lord laughs. He laughs at the utter silliness. He laughs at the utter foolishness. He laughs in ridicule and in mocking scorn against uh, people that he has created as if they were able to stand against him. As if they were able to thwart his purposes and plans. We can go back to Daniel with uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar being made to eat um, like a like a cow, like a like an animal uh, out of the fields, and 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 ultimately when he comes to his senses, he gives great glory to God, and and it 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 is clear that the nations are are clearly out of their minds, so to speak, with this thought that they are able to break the bonds of God in His sovereign rule and reign. Um, the Lord simply laughs at them as they come to destruction and ruin. And, you know, it, it really is true that um, the, um, I, I heard a saying, um, and I, 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 I don't agree with it, but, but it is an interesting saying. It, it, it says, um, if, if the people of this world knew what the people um, on, in the grave knew, they would repent quickly. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't, because their hearts are such, of such depravity that they, they, they still believe that it won't happen to them, that they are an exception to the rule. They can burst the bonds of God. They can resist the creator and the ruler and the sovereign Lord. All the nations of the earth will one day bow the knee. They will bow the knee. They will humble themselves because they will be made to humble themselves. 
they will be made and forced to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God the Father. You remember, <clears throat> you remember what Jesus said of the, uh, of the parable that he told of, of, uh, between uh, uh, the, uh, the rich man and, um, and, and Lazarus and, and how Lazarus went to the bosom of, of Abraham and the rich man was in torment and he lifted up his eyes and he said, you know, um, you know just send somebody back to tell my brothers that, that they don't have to come here. And, um, you know, Abraham says, if they have the prophets and Moses, let them listen to them. And he says, no, no, but send someone back from the dead and they'll listen. Ultimately, Jesus is signifying his, his resurrection and his return. But, but ultimately, Jesus even condemns his own generation and, and the future generations in saying that if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, if, even if one rises from the dead, they're not going to listen to him. And this is the truth. This is the, this is the truth of the human heart. This is the truth of, 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 of government and, and religion that is not submitted to the authority of Christ. They, they seek to resist. They seek always to burst the bonds of Christ and not to bow the knee to Christ. And so Christ exercises his great authority and his great power over the nations. And here, once and for all, he does this as he subjugates the nations. He subjugates the nations. Um, and it's interesting here how the Lord does this. And it says that <clears throat> in chapter, uh, chapter 18, though, uh, verses 11 through 17, that, that, that the, the, the kings of the earth, the nations, are not the only ones that are mourning. There's another group of people that are mourning here. Well, so who are these? Who are these? Well, really, I guess we could say in 11 through 19, there, there really are two groups. Um, the first would be the, the merchants um there's similar groups here the merchants in 11 through 17 and then the second group that we'll talk about in just a minute would be the the uh the 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 travelers uh the sea travelers the 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 um uh the traders uh those the merchants of uh, that tra that trade uh there uh in in the ocean and through through commerce through through oceanic exploration and things like that but but first he deals with the merchants of the earth and listen listen to what they they begin crying out right in chapter 11 uh chapter 18 verses 11 through 17 L listen to listen to this and it says and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her now, now listen to this Notice their reasoning, right? So, so here's, a, here's, a, here's a preposition, right? For. For. Why? No man buys their merchandise anymore. They really don't care. I mean, and yes, it is a, it's a fearful thing that, 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 this, that this empire is destroyed, this great city Babylon is destroyed. But ultimately, that's not, that's not what they don't even care. They don't even care that, that ultimately she's being destroyed. What they care about is the bottom dollar, right? We need to make a living. Right? And then there's nothing wrong with making a living, so, so I'm not, not saying that. But these merchants here are, are brokenhearted, not because she is destroyed, although that's certainly a fearful thing. Their weeping and their mourning over her is because no one buys their stuff. Right? No one buys their stuff. And so God has judged, God is judging not only the nation here, or not only the, the mystery Babylon, uh, this, this empire, but, but also he's also judging the, <clears throat> the merchants of the earth um, because they have, they have sold out, if you will, to this great wicked um, um, empire. They have sold out. Uh, they've sold their values out. They have sold their, uh, they, they have sold their morals out. They've sold everything out to make, uh, to make a buck. 
to make to, 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 to make a dollar, and they're weeping and mourning. Yes, it is a fearful thing. Yes, it's a sad thing that this great, beautiful city is destroyed. But ultimately, for no man buys their merchandise anymore. They're ruined. They're ruined. And they weep and mourn over her because they're ruined. Because at the end of the day, what were they all, what were they all longing for? They're longing for um, riches and splendor. Um, They're all all longing for these things. They're all longing for these things. Um, And our culture, if you look at it, it it, it has been set up probably for a number of years, but, but particularly... Um, it seems to it seems to be continuing uh, just headlong into this that that where every, everybody uh, everybody wants to be beautiful everybody wants to be rich everybody wants to to be an influencer right social media influencer or whatever um, everybody wants to be a, 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 you know everybody wants to be seen and everything is about pretense everything is about um, what people think about me and, and how people how I present myself and it's all it's all a house of cards at the end of the day right it's all a house of cards at the end of the day um, <clears throat> because um, beauty fades right you get people get old Right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be ugly or at all. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, we all get old, don't we? And our beauty fades. Right? Some of you may be saying, well, maybe you're beauty preacher, but not mine. Well, okay, fair enough. But, but you know, beauty fades. Wealth, um, it, it doesn't always last. Uh, things of this world are so transitory, right? Things, things of this world are, are appearance at the end of the day it's all smoke and mirrors it's shadows and 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 the lord is is ultimately reminding us here in this passage that 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 the things of this world are going to be destroyed they they, they will fade but what matters is who we bow our knee to who we live for how we live who we bow our knee to our knee must be bowed to christ our heart must belong to Christ. Our service must belong to Christ. Because when that's the, when that's the case, then everything else falls into place. And we can work to, to, to leave behind us a, a, a legacy of faith and, a, of, and build things for the glory of God and honor Christ in, in, what, we, in what we leave behind us. But if, if, we're, if we're like the, the merchants who, who, are, who, who lose everything because of, of God's judgment here... You know, we're we're ultimately living for the wrong things and the wrong reasons, and this is why Paul tells us in Philippians, right, chapter four, like ah, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and and that's not a nice little coffee cup verb verse, but it's a verse that reminds us that whether we are succeeding or failing, whether we whether we we face great trials and troubles and tribulations, or we have great success. Christ is ultimately the one that, that, that all glory and honor belongs to because he's the one that has given it to us. He's the one that receives glory from it. He is the one that is honored in it and by it. So let our hearts not be like the merchants of the earth who are simply 
weeping because their profit is gone. Their bottom line is, is gone because judgment falls. Because judgment falls and, and we have nothing left. At the end of the day, judgment may fall and we may have nothing, but at the end of the day, we, we have Christ and we look to Christ. And in, and in chapter, chapter 18, though, he goes on because not only, as I said, not only the merchants of the earth, right? But um, uh, the, the traders, the sea traders, the, the ones who, who, who through great exploration of the ocean and, and, and port uh, trade, they, they, they make great wealth. I mean, notice what he says here in chapter, seven, uh, chapter 18, verse 17 through 19. It says, For in one hour so great riches is come to nothing, and every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off. Now, why did they stand afar off? Because they didn't want any part of the judgment of God that has fallen, right? They didn't want any part of what they saw that had happened, right? They they have seen economic collapse on on the... uh, um, like like nothing they'd ever seen before, right? Economic collapse on the level that had never been seen before. Um, and, and so now they're experiencing, they're seeing this economic collapse, and that's bad enough, but they, all, they do also see the wrath of God that has fallen upon those who refuse to bow and bend the knee to Christ, and they do shudder. They do weep because they don't want any part of that. But instead of doing what they should do, bowing the knee, confessing Christ, fleeing to Christ, and in, 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 in embracing Christ, they continue to simply stand far away and far off. And, you know, it's funny to me, and this, this is what sets apart, one of the many things that sets apart the, the church from, from, from other, other um, institutions and entities and things is that so many, so many places when, when tragedy happens, right, um, people act as if it's a, it's a disease that catches, right? It's, it's, it's as if it's something that, that I can catch. But, but the Lord Jesus Christ has called us to, to comfort and, and weep and, and to come alongside of and encourage those who have faced, um, who have faced absolute ca- catastrophe in their lives. And and, 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 and I would say to us that this is what sets us apart, is that as the Church of Jesus Christ, I'm just making application here, like, like this is the reason that these men and, and women stand afar off, whether they be the merchants of the earth or the merchants of the sea, the reason they do this, and, and even the kings of the earth, is because they don't want to catch any part of the judgment that, the, that Babylon has faced. And yet, as Christians, we are called to minister to the needs of those who, who, are in, who are in great need, both among us and, and in our world. And this is, this is why it, it always amazes me. This is why throughout history the church has, has embraced the, the care of widows and orphans and the sick and the dying and, and those that are, that are in great need. And it's amazing to me how, how, how the merchants and the kings and the nations act like they, like, like they're, like they, like they do because they're, un, they're, they're unregenerate. They're not a part of Christ. And yet the church of Jesus Christ then by, by, by application is unlike them. We're not like them. We, we, we weep with those who weep. We mourn with those who mourn. We love those who are in great uh, pain 
we, we care for them because Christ has first cared for us, because Christ has first loved us, because Christ has died for us and risen again for us, and that has transformed our lives. The nations, they act like nations because that's what they are. They're nations. They're wicked. They're unregenerate. But Christ has transformed us so that we, we when we see others in great need, we run to them and we, 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 we run to them and we minister to them. We don't stand afar off. We don't just say, man, that's bad stuff there and I sure hope I don't catch it. We weep with those who weep. We mourn with those who mourn. We love those who are in great pain and agony. But these nations are unregenerate and they don't care except for their own selves. And they do say, right? They do say, and, and ultimately they, they do say why they are, they are in, great, in great agony, right? We've become wealthy by her. Could you imagine having a friend like that? I mean, could, I mean, seriously, can you imagine having a friend like that who would say, well, you know, poor old so-and-so, man, we had some good times, and I made a lot of money off of them when, when, when times were good. But, man, they've been on hard times, and so we've just sort of not been friends any longer. Could you imagine having a friend like that? No. But that's the way these nations are. It's the way the kings of the nations are. It's the way the merchants of the nations are. It's in, they're in it for themselves, which stands in complete and opposite contrast, as we'll see in chapter 19, to those who are belong to the church of Jesus Christ, to the bride who brings the gospel through whom uh, brings great blessing and, and brings great flourishing to the earth, who brings great, um, uh, just, just great um, victory through Christ, uh, through Christ, the advancement of the gospel, the victory that happens in, 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 in the marriage supper of the Lamb and, and everything that we see as a result of that. We see Christ's victory. We see the victory of Christ over the nations, over the world, and human flourishing, great blessing being com- becoming, coming to the world because of God's gospel, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, here we see just the opposite. We see the nations and their wealth burning up because it doesn't last. Now notice this. Notice this in verse 20, though. Right? Notice by contrast here what's happening in verse 20. What does it say? There's a command given. So the nations are weeping. The kings are weeping. The merchants are weeping. The seafaring merchants are weeping. But in chapter 18, verse 20, there's a command that comes from heaven. And it simply says this. Rejoice over her, you heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. Now, I would say to us that, that normally this would, this would probably cause us to recoil, thinking, oh my goodness, we're not supposed to weep and, and, and rejoice. Well, well certainly we're, we, we are not to um, rejoice when our enemy falls, we're told in Scripture, um, because that, may dis- that displeases the Lord. But when God judges, when God judges and God ultimately brings the last judgment, we are told that God ultimately vindicates His people and brings about victory through th- uh, of our faith. And, and, and we are able to sing correctly and rightly that faith truly is the victory because cr- our faith is in Christ. And our, as a result, God has vindicated it. And, and, and we are able then to rejoice in Christ, but not just rejoice in Christ, but rejoice over the fact that God has finally 
vindicated the faith of his people by judging the nations for their wickedness. On that day, we will rejoice. On that day, we will ultimately rejoice when the nations turn their their swords into plowshares and the day in which Christ rules and reigns and and he does great and glorious things um, throughout the earth and restoring and bringing about great blessing and flourishing. But at the moment, we're told to rejoice over God's the one whom God has brought judgment upon because of her great wickedness and because it means that God is, in fact, coming with great blessing and glory. And God does then go into chapter 18, verses 21 through 24, where he justifies why he brings judgment. Why he brings judgment. Why does he bring judgment? Well, if you look in verses, uh, verses 21 through, uh, through 24, the end of the chapter, listen to what he says here. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in you, and no craftsman or whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in you, and the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in you, and the light of a candle shall be shall shine no more at all in you, and you and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in you, for your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorceries were all nations deceived, and in her was found the blood of the prophets and the saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. Why is God justified in bringing judgment when he does? Well, first, um, why is he, why, why is God, why does God justify it? Because um, number one, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the, he is the one through, to, to, to which belongs all glory and honor. And the nations have refused to give him that. They have refused to honor him. They have refused to, to glorify him. They have refused to, to serve him. And instead they have rebelled against him. And as a result, he has given them the, the food of their, of their rebellion um, and, and, and as a result of that, then he shows them what it's going to be. He illustrates for them the, 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 the fall and then the justification for the fall. And so he talks about a great angel. It's like he picks up a, a great millstone, right? You remember what Jesus said. This, is, this should bring back memories to us in the Gospels where <clears throat> Jesus is talking and he, he, he says, you know, that it would be better for someone if a great millstone were tied around their neck and they were thrown into the ocean. Um, and the idea there is in judgment than for them to cause, than for someone to cause one of the little ones, one of his, his, his people, uh, his young children to sin and to, 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 to stumble. Well, uh, this is the reality of what he told them. It's better if this were happening. And so now he does exactly this. He ties a, a millstone around the neck of, of the nations and around the neck of, uh, of Babylon the, the great. And uh, he then casts them into the ocean in judgment, meaning great violence. They, will be, they, were, they were thrown down. And notice, notice, notice all the never agains here in this verse. Neither shall there be heard or seen in, 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 in this, this, this city. A couple different things. One, uh, the harpists, the musicians, the flutists, the trumpeters, the craftsmen, the millstone. 
right? The, the worker, right? The grinding out the mill, grinding out the grain and, and other things. The light of a lamp, the voice of a bridegroom, and, and the voice of a bride. In other words, everything that, 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 that breeds joy is going to be stripped from her, and she is going to be, instead of given beauty for ashes, she is going to be given ashes for beauty. She's going to be given ashes for beauty, and she will be stripped. But why? Why? Well, why is very quickly found in chapter 18, verses 23 and 24. By her sorcery, she deceived the nations. She deceived the nations. We talked about the great red dragon earlier. Uh, uh, Jesus showed John the great red dragon uh, and uh, how he leads uh, through the uh, through the the um, uh, the false prophet and the beast and all of these things here in Revelation. How he leads the nations astray. Well, God ultimately now is repaying them once and for all for their great sorcery, right? For their great wickedness, for their rebellion against the gospel, for their seeking to suppress the gospel, for their seeking to suppress the the victory of Christ for they're seeking to bust the burst the bonds of Christ off of them God says this is sorcery and you say well now wait a minute what what is what does sorcery have to do with anything well if you notice go back to chapter 18 verses 1 um, and 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 uh, 2 and 3 listen listen to what it says right and after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was, was lightened or illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great has fallen, has fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and of the hold of every foul spirit, and cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Um, so so what, what, are the, what does one have to do with the other? Well, God is simply giving them um, the, the results of, of what they've worked so hard for. In other words, they have worked so hard to, to make much of themselves through the power of Satan, through the power of, of their, their own um, honoring themselves, honoring Satan. And when I say Satan, you understand that, that there are people who worship Satan directly and they worship him, and there are people who worship Satan who don't worship him directly, right? And, and the nations here, not that they were worshiping Satan directly, but they were worshiping him insofar as uh, what, is, what is Satanism? Satanism is nothing more than the, than the honoring of self and pleasury uh, of self, and, and that, that's the tenets of, of Satanism, right? The Satanism isn't necessarily the worship of, of Satan himself as much as it is the worship of self and what pleases me and what honors me. And so these nations are fallen to that category. That's where they have been worshiping. They've been worshiping Satan through the, through the exaltation of pleasure and, and of privilege uh, of, 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 of the status in, in, in life. And I don't use privilege in the, in the, in the sense in which it's modern use, but, but privilege in the sense of what their money has been able to buy them and, and everything like that. Um, and, and so, so we, we as God's people are able to, to see the ultimate, what happens when these nations ultimately trust in themselves. When they ultimately trust in themselves. God destroys them. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I will say one last thing and then we'll, we'll close. Um, God likens disobedience to sorcery when he speaks, when Samuel speaks to the king Saul. And Saul says, well, haven't I done everything? And he says, No. Disobedience is like sorcery, and the same is true here. Their disobedience, their rebellion is likened to sorcery and the worshiping of themselves and Satan and demons, and God gives them their just payment. 
And it is interesting that he closes out this part by saying, for in her was found the blood of the prophets and the saints and all who were slain on the earth. In other words, God is going to rightly just, justify his, 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 uh, um, his judgment. And again, this, this, is, this is in complete contrast, as we'll see, to the marriage supper of the Lamb that's coming in chapter 19. And, and again, the blessings and the, the riches of God's grace and the mercies that he comes. And, and, and we see in chapter 19, then, the, the ultimate reality of, of the fact that, uh, that he, is, he, is, he is unleashing uh, blessing in chapter 19 and chapter 20 upon the world as he, uh, as he ultimately exercises his, his authority over the, over the nations. And he glorifies himself um, and, and he, he puts down every, everything that exalts itself against him. And, and so we'll see that in the coming days. But in the meantime, let me encourage us. Let me encourage us that as we, as we live in a world that is so that is so filled with, as, as, as Martin Luther wrote in his, in his hymn, uh, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, right? And though the world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, right? We, we, we stand in the power of Christ. We stand in the authority of Christ. We stand in the hope of Christ. Our hope is not like the hope of the nations. Our hope is in Christ. Our hope, we look to Christ with, with, with all of our being, with all that we are. We look to Christ. We worship Christ. We serve Christ. We, we, are, we find our hope and our purpose in Christ, not in the stuff we have, not in the things we can accumulate, not in anything else. Now, certainly, again, I'm not saying we shouldn't build and, and glorify God in, in, in all that we do and say, right? Um, but 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 brothers and sisters, our hope ultimately isn't in this world; it is in Christ, and we look to Christ, and we serve and worship King Jesus, looking to the day in which ultimately He puts the nations and plows the nations under through the advancement of the gospel, and that one day King Jesus rules and reigns, and the world and its hope, both our hope and its hope, is revealed as King Jesus again. As King Jesus rules and reigns, having put down everything that's, <clears throat> that exalts itself against him. Let us look to him. In these uncertain times, let us, let us hope in him. Let us look to him. Let us work for him. Let us work diligently for his glory, both in the, in the preaching of the gospel as well as living out our lives for the glory of God everywhere we go. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that uh, <clears throat> there is coming a day when you will judge the nations um, and ultimately, through the gospel, you will plow these nations under, uh, that, that, uh, that we will see your, your, um, your, your powerful movement and, and the hope of the world, which the groaning of the world that, that groans to, be, um, to experience uh, uh, ultimate uh, redemption. God, we'll, we'll ultimately, we'll see that become a reality. We'll, we'll see in, in our own hearts and minds just the, the, the beauty and the blessing that comes when Christ ultimately once and for all rules and reigns. So may we rejoice in that day and until that day, may we work, work diligently, work, work hard for your glory and honor, but yet may our trust always be in Christ. And we ask for your aid in this and your help and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.